Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to No Limits Church. Today we're kicking off a new series called Filled with the Holy Spirit. But before we get into that, I just want to say thanks so much for being here today. Go ahead and give your neighbor one more high five. Say, you made a good choice. If you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you too. Thanks so much for being with us. It's great to hear the word of God over the internet. But if you have a chance to be here with us in person next week, come on, come sit in one of these seats and be here with us. We'd love to have you. And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. Here at No Limits, we're on a mission to make a difference to make an eternal difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. Now, we just wrapped up our summer series where we heard from nine different teachers and preachers of the gospel, and I'd like all of you guys to stand up so we can honor you real quick. If you preached over the last nine weeks, stand up for me. That's awesome. Y'all, thank you so much for being obedient to the Word of God and delivering the Word that He put on your heart. We are truly blessed here at No Limits to have your obedience and your Word. We thank you so much. So I ask the Lord to bless you for your obedience. Anybody going to receive that blessing? There you go. Awesome. Yeah, you received that. Thank, Thank you also for giving me nine weeks off. I mean, that was great. Don't get me wrong, one of my favorite things to do is bring the Word of God to y'all, but that nine weeks enabled me to get caught up on some things in my business, which was great, but most of all, it gave me the time and energy that I needed to write the book that God wanted me to write, which is set to launch on September 1st. Yeah. The title of the book has already caused some interesting reactions. Um, I was hanging out with my neighbors the other day, and they said, hey, Beth told us that you wrote a book. What's it about? I was like, well, the title of it is Jesus Ain't Woke, to which they just kind of tilted their head and they were like, Jesus Ain't What? Like they'd never heard the term woke before, so they had no idea what I was talking about, so I explained it to them. You know, the term woke has pure beginnings, actually. It was back, started back in the 1930s, and stay woke back then simply meant to pay attention to the social and political issues that surrounded racial equality, a good thing. But it's since been hijacked as the rallying cry for what I like to call identity politics. And what that is, is politicians, they target minority groups for political gain by posing as their ally, and they exploit their weaknesses. And that's what politicians do. It's kind of ugly, isn't it? But that's what happened. And so now to be woke, you have to advocate for the LGBTQ plus movement. You have to fuel the racial wildfires by making sure all the white people know that they're privileged and teaching kids at school that they need to apologize for their race. And the challenge is on the surface, these issues, like they seem to have good intentions. But then you dig deeper and you find out that most everything woke these days is anti-Bible and it's anti-God. Yet Christians everywhere are becoming woke in the name of love. The Apostle Paul warned of this, of this, so it's not a surprise. Just take a look at Colossians 2.8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Man, he knew what was coming, didn't he? So this book is really the guide, at, your guide, out of the woke church and into Jesus' church. Based on the title alone, I've had people question, did God really tell you to write that book? Did he really tell you that? Because... And that's okay. You know, people can think that if they want to, because I know without a doubt that this book is from God, and it will lead countless people to true freedom in Jesus Christ. You know, the Holy Spirit led me in every part of this book. 
There was even a time where I thought something sounded a little harsh that he asked me to write. So I went back that night and added a little, you know, padding to the end of the chapter to make it sound a little better. And the next morning, y'all, as soon as I woke up, the Holy Spirit said, get that out of my book. Not even kidding. Like, it was that strong. I was like, all right, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'll go delete that right now. Then on July 17th, when I was in the middle of writing the book, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. And in the vision, there was, I was in heaven, and there was a crowd of people that had come to celebrate with me. And I was up in front, and they were all looking at me, and I just wasn't sure quite why I was there. And then one of them came up, and they said to me, Cade, it's because of your book that we're here. And the Lord brought this scripture to my attention after that vision on Matthew 7, 22, where Jesus says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and we performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And you know, we talk a lot about reaching people who are far from God, which is very important, isn't it? But this book is for the forgotten group. This is for people who have been deceived by the church with half of the truth which is not truth at all. So I'm asking you to agree with me that this book will get into the hands of everybody who needs it. I don't want y'all just to sit back and watch Cade get this book out there. I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to speak over this book, call favor over this book, and call in divine connections and the resources that I need to get this book out to everybody who needs it. You guys can be a part of this, and I want you to be a part of this. You're here because you're called to go on this journey with me. That's why you're here. And you may not understand why God called me to be the leader. And really, that makes two of us. I I don't get it either. I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room. I might be the best looking. (laughs) Totally kidding. But here's what I do know. I am called to be the leader here. And I will lead, lead you well because I've learned to let God's power work through me. I've learned to hear from the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I've died to my own desires. I don't even care about them. I'm here to do what God wants to do. Amen. Speaking of, a few weeks ago, I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to preach next? And what he said to me was, I need my people to know how to live filled with the Holy Spirit. They can't accomplish what I need them to do without it. They just can't do it. And then he gave me the four messages that I need to preach. Today, I'm going to show you how to prepare for the Holy Spirit. Next week, I'm going to show you the purpose of the Holy Spirit. In week three, we'll dive into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then in week four, we'll talk about the most controversial subject in church, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's going to be good stuff. But there's a good chance that you notice a shift in how I preach, kind of like right around the time when we started that different series. You remember back in February? It's hard to explain, you know, what was, what was different. You could just kind of recognize that something's fresh, something's powerful, something intriguing is going on here with Cade, and, and maybe it was even somewhat aggravating. Cade is aggravating me now. He's stepping on my toes. And I've become open about my encounters with the Holy Spirit, the visions that he's given me, the dreams that he's given me, and the direction that he gives me on a frequent basis. I tell you what I heard from the Holy Spirit and what he asked me to do, and I've become open about my experiences with the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you're a practical person, it may be a little bit of a challenge for you to hear those things. Like, maybe you're even wondering, like, is Kate making this stuff up? Does he just sit at home and dream this stuff up? And there was a time where I was in your shoes, and it really wasn't very long ago, honestly. I would hear all those spiritual people talk about their encounters with the Lord, and I'd be like, well, there's, there's a little whack. You know, there's a little bit off. But there was something in me that kind of wanted what they had, <laughs> you know, at the same time. 
So then, you know, last year, COVID, when COVID was kicking off, this is kind of when everything changed for me. I got desperate. All of a sudden, I was the one in charge of deciding if we were going to have church or not. And if I decided that we were going to have church and somebody came to church and got COVID and died from COVID, I would be the one responsible for it. Y'all, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure that was put on me. And I was trying to be a good leader. I was following all the stats. I was checking all the latest recommendations. I was examining what the other churches were doing. It all became overwhelming. And just a few weeks in, I was watching the news, just like I had been doing every single day, watching the stats, the updated stats. And the Holy Spirit shouted on the inside of me. He said, turn it off and never turn it on again. And my, my thoughts, though, was like, but, but don't you have to know these things to be a good leader? Like, like, don't you have to follow every recommendation from the CDC to show that you care about people? I mean, these were honest thoughts going through my head. But the Holy Spirit's direction was so strong, I couldn't get away from it. So I turned off the news back in April of 2020, and I've never turned it on again. I don't even read articles. Y'all, I'm totally oblivious to what's going on out there until the restaurant workers start wearing masks again. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, there's another variation of the virus. I'm like, no, there's not. Good grief, So this was the beginning of a season for me where I learned how to hear from the Holy Spirit, not just occasionally, but all the time. And I want to lead you to that same place where you can hear from the Holy Spirit all the time. Anybody want to hear from the Holy Spirit all the time? Anybody want to know when the news is lying to you? Anyone want to know if there's really a virus you need to be afraid of or if you just need to get out there and live your life? Because the Holy Spirit can lead us in all these things. So here we are at the beginning of this series, and it all starts with preparation. There's some things that you have to get in order first before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was no different for the disciples. I want you to take a look at this in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Notice it says, when the day had fully come, right? When the day had fully come. This means there was a buildup to the day when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this happened suddenly or all at once or unexpectedly. When it had fully come, they had to prepare first. It's kind of like when you host a party. You have, there's a buildup to the event that takes place, right? You got to go shopping. You got you to plan. You got to clean the house. You got to cook. All this preparation has to take place before you can have the party. Just like there's preparation before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's some things you got to do first. And in the disciples' case, they'd all been in the same place, all agreeing with each other for 10 days leading up to the day of Pentecost. It was a 10-day preparation. They had to pursue. They had to wait upon the Holy Spirit for 10 days. Anybody going to go up into a room for 10 days and wait on the Holy Spirit? I was studying the book of Acts while on my summer break and discovered why there are so many people who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They just can't seem to get there. And the reason is simple. It's just something that we like to ignore, something that we like to look over. So if we learn from the disciples, you'd think, well, we, I think the missing ingredient is like, we all have to be in agreement first, right? But if we were waiting on that, these days, nobody would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody would. So what does it take to be filled with the Holy Spirit? So let's back up in the book of Acts. We'll find out. So this is after the resurrection of Jesus, but before he had ascended into heaven, he's got a final instruction to give to the disciples. And he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days from now. So what was the command? Don't leave, but wait. If the disciples would not have obeyed that command, which is really simple, if they wouldn't have obeyed that, they would not have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because obedience to God is required to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It's required. And the word of God confirms it a few chapters later in Acts chapter 8. One of the disciples went to preach the word of God in Samaria. And he didn't just preach. This dude was working miracles. Like he was casting out demons and the demons came out screaming. That's probably a good time. But there was a sorcerer in the town and his name was Simon. And everyone thought he was great. And they listened to him because they were just enthralled with his magic. But when he saw the power of Jesus through the disciples, he abandoned his sorcery and he believed in Jesus. And then he was baptized in water and he began to follow the disciples. I know that's awesome, isn't it? And then not too long after that, Simon witnessed the disciples. They were laying hands on people and the people were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was like, wow, I want that. And he offered the disciples money to buy this power. Not a good call, right? Not a good call. But look at his motivation. This is Simon speaking. He says, let me have this power so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. This guy was looking out for others, right? He had others on his mind. He wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that he could give the baptism of the Holy Spirit to others. He was thinking about others. But take a look at the disciples' response. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking that God's gift can be bought. You have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you're full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. Whoa. That was uncalled for. My goodness. Stories like this make me realize how silly it is for us to think that the leaders of the church are supposed to be calm and and nice all the time. Don't ruffle anybody's feathers. Don't get anybody upset. Well, that's not how Peter operated. And wasn't that the guy that could walk around and if anybody was in his shadow, they would get healed? I mean, that's awesome. I wonder if it had anything to do with his no-nonsense approach to sin. I wonder. I'll leave that for you to ponder. But what I want you to get from this story is that Peter refused to give Simon the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he refused to give Simon the baptism. Why? Because Simon hadn't prepared yet. Simon was still living in disobedience. Simon was full of jealousy and wanted what others had. So once again, we see that, the ba- that, we see that obedience to God is required to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me show it to you in one more place. We're going to head back to the book of John, where we spent 16 weeks in the different series. So hopefully this sounds familiar to you, if you were listening to any of that. In John chapter 14, Jesus said that if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And for clarity, Jesus reiterates the same thing, just a few verses down. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him or show myself to him. Oh, so apparently obeying God is a prerequisite to seeing the power of God. It makes total sense why you don't see miracles in the woke church. Because in the woke church, obedience to God is not pursued. It's ignored in the name of inclusion. We don't want anybody to feel upset. We don't want anybody to get upset. Blah, 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 blah. We make up all these excuses. But in case you're still not getting it, Jesus explains it a third time. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. If you want the power of God to manifest in your life, just like it did through Jesus, obedience to God is required. When we choose to tolerate sin in the name of grace, we dismiss the power of God. We say, no, thank you. Don't want the power of God. Because the power of God cannot exist alongside disobedience. Let me put it to you this way. Grace without obedience invites human weakness, but obedience because of grace invites the power of God. 
And after working so hard to get this across to us, Jesus reveals that living a life of obedience is going to cause the world to hate you. But wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to get the world to like us so that they would come to our church. Well, according to Jesus, if the world loves you, it's because you belong to it. But if you belong to Jesus, you'll obey his commandments. Is anybody loving this? Is anybody, everybody's toes okay? Because when you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. And when you walk in obedience, not only will the world hate you, but the woke church is going to hate you too. This isn't very encouraging, but Jesus reveals these things for a reason. So you won't abandon your faith when things get tough, when you're persecuted. Y'all, persecution is not very fun. Although you can get to a place where it is kind of fun. I don't know how that happens, but... But it can make you think you're doing something wrong, but you're not. It's actually an indicator that you're doing something right. Listen to me. When you get persecuted because of your obedience to God, you're on the right track. Keep moving forward and keep pressing in. Go full force ahead. But you're always going to struggle with obedience if obedience is coming from the wrong place. You see, by default, obedience is a performance. And we learn this at a young age, right? We learn to perform to our parents' script, so we can avoid the negative consequences. We do what they want us to do, even though we really don't want to. Any teenagers attest to that in the room? And we carry this into our relationship with God. We perform for him by doing our best to follow his script, right? We do our best. And quite often we miss a line or two. Sometimes we miss the whole act, right, of the performance. But we always seem to find our way back into the performance. We think God's impressed when we get, us, get it right. We think he's yelling at us when we get it wrong. But it turns out... God doesn't want us to perform at all. At all. You know, when it came time to write the book, I set aside a few days in my schedule to go to a secluded cabin and focus. I envisioned getting to the cabin and having this spiritual experience where things came down from heaven. I just wrote the book until it was done. But that's not what happened. I started the day like normal. I got quiet before the Lord, and after some prayer and reading his word, I said, all right, Holy Spirit, you ready to write this book? He said, no. (laughs) I knew that I needed to spend more time being quiet and listening to the Holy Spirit for his direction. Only he wasn't giving me directions other than to be quiet. Be quiet. So I sat on the back deck for a while and I watched the trees blow in the wind. I'm not very good at being quiet. I don't know if you know that about me. And then I laid on the deck for a while and closed my eyes. And I was trying my best to eliminate these thoughts of guilt because I knew my wife was at home caring for our four young kids, which is quite a task. And I'm out here laying on the deck at a cabin, right? But about an hour passed, so I asked again, all right, you ready? No. No. So I walked down to the lake, and I sat on the shore, and I was watching the waves on the lake. And I could sense the Holy Spirit nudging me to get into the water, but I didn't want to. The lake lake is gross, y'all. It's gross. But I remember my goal at the cabin was absolute obedience. So I found a clean rock to put on top of the slimy rock (laughs) in the water. And then I sat in the water on top of the clean rock. So it was a little bit better. And as the waves... (laughs) Y'all are learning stuff about me. As the waves were rolling over the top of my thighs, I sensed the Holy Spirit say, wave after wave of blessing is coming into your life. And the waves started out small, and then they began to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the Holy Spirit said, look up. So I looked up and I noticed these beautiful 
like wispy clouds in the sky. And as I looked closer, I realized they were in the shape of three different angels. There was no other clouds in the sky other than these three different shapes that looked just like angels. And then I remember the scripture, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you safe. And I looked closer to this one on the right, and there was actually an angel that had a face that looked kind of like a duck. I was, I was intrigued by that. I was like, well, what does that mean? It's like the persecution is going to roll off of you like water off of a duck's back. And after these two experiences, I was just overcome, like with the goodness of God. I, I sat in awe of who he is. I was amazed that he chose me <laughs> to write this book. And he promised to protect me from the opposition that's going to come because of it. And then I heard, now you're ready. And he said, you came here to perform. I wasn't looking for a performance. I'm looking for obedience that comes as a result of knowing who you are to me. So for the first time in my life, I realized that obedience to God comes one of two ways. Either you're performing or it's an overflow of your identity in Christ. Either you're performing or it's an overflow of your identity in Christ. Y'all, we aren't capable of a flawless performance. We'll never pull that off. But obedience comes easy when we know who we are to God. It just comes easy. And the only way to know who you are to God is to know his word. So I want to show you just a few scriptures to show you what I mean. So Romans 3.22 says that we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are made right with God. That's who you are. You are right with God. So I want you guys to say this out loud with me. Say it now. I am right with God because of Jesus. That's who I am. And here's another one. Romans 3.22 says, because of our faith... Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Now, there's a lot of fuss today about white privilege, but this is what I like to call God privilege. You don't deserve anything, yet God gave you everything that he has. And he gave it to you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. So say this out loud. I live in a place of undeserved privilege because of Jesus. And I could go on and on sharing scripture after scripture about how valuable you are to God. But you know what? It's going to do you better to go look those up yourself. So I'm not going to do it for you. And I encourage you to do that because obedience is our secret weapon. It's required to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And really, this isn't even a big deal when we understand that God, what God wants. He's not looking for a performance. He's just wanting, he wants obedience as a result of knowing who we are to him. Let me put it to you this way. Obedience is not something we do. It's who we are. And when we embrace and live out this truth, we're ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the preparation. And when that happens, you won't just do the same works as Jesus. You'll do greater works than Jesus. So now that you know how to prepare for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do what Jesus did. And I'm going to command you to wait. Wait. I'm not going to invite you to be filled with the Holy Spirit today because you need to go home and prepare first. You need to go prepare. Wait. And don't abandon your desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit just because you're not getting it today. I know this is, this is a struggle for Americans, right? Wait. I don't have to wait for anything. But while you're waiting, you prepare yourself with obedience by getting into God's Word and finding out who you are to Him. You're not performing. Everybody say, I'm not performing not going to do that. It's not going to work. Go find out who you are to God, who you are to God. 
So before we leave today, I actually want to practice waiting, just like we did last week. Did anybody enjoy that last week? I could tell you enjoyed it so much that we needed to do it again. There's many people in this room who are already filled with the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to leave today without giving the Holy Spirit a chance to work through us. So let's take some time right now to get quiet before the Lord and wait. And for those of you who are filled with the Holy Spirit, if he gives you something to do, I want you to come on up here and do it. Don't do what you want to do. Did you hear me? Don't do what you want to do. Only do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. You'll know the difference. All right, so everybody go ahead and close your eyes. We'll bring the lights down and let's just wait. somebody here in this room that there's a fight going on on the inside of you. You're replaying all of the times you've been disobedient to God and maybe you've lived for him before. You're not living for him now. And you're just like, I I don't think there's any redemption for me. I don't think that I can get back to following God. I just, I've gone too far. It's, I've messed up too many times and The Lord's making a fresh invitation to you this morning. He's saying, come home, child. I've never left you. I've never stopped loving you. I want you. So come home and Let me love on you. Let me clean you off, dust you off. And let me set you right back on that path that you were supposed to be on all this time. It doesn't matter how much time has gone by because time is irrelevant. He can put you right back where you need to be as if you never got off track. It's a miracle. But that's how God works. If that's you, Will you stand up for me so that I can pray with you? If you're wanting to rededicate your life to Jesus today, go ahead and stand up. Don't miss the opportunity. Well, if this is somebody who's watching online, I want to pray over you. 
if you're rededicating your life. Just lift your hands up towards Jesus and receive. Receive his forgiveness. Receive his love. Just let him know that you believe in him. That he died for your sins. And when he died, you died with him. All your sins, everything you've done wrong, died with him. And then he rose from the dead. When he rose from the dead to new life, he gave you new life. You're born again. And he gave you his righteousness. You are right with God because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to wait for it. It happens the moment you believe in Jesus, you're made right with God. feel like I didn't exactly know what I was supposed to say, but as I was waiting, I felt like the Lord was coming to me. My job is literally performance. Like I literally get paid to perform and teach others to perform. And so I know I'm not the only one out here and I might, and Paul and I and Tim, maybe the only ones that teach children how to perform in different things, but other jobs have the same diff- same thing, but you just do it a different way. Maybe your performance is through a spreadsheet. Maybe your performance is through your projects, but and everything. Maybe it's through websites. Whatever it is, everyone has a part where their job is a performance. So I feel like I need to pray over over that because whatever <laughs> what the Holy Spirit taught me through Cade this morning about performance was just hitting me really hard in the heart. So I can't be the only one, right? The Holy Spirit doesn't do just for one; He does for all. So if that's, if that's you, you can stand, you can raise your hand, whatever you would like to do for the Lord right now. I pray right now in Jesus' name that we bind that spirit of performance right now and we, we command it to go. Go right now in Jesus' name and we call upon the spirit of obedience. And then as we walk, we walk in obedience. Holy Spirit, bring this... Uh, this word that you've given us as a reminder every single day when we start to walk back into that old pattern, Father, that you renew our mind by the word. Holy Spirit, I ask that you bring these scriptures over and over and over and over again and however ways you decide to do it, God, through the radio, through our for our own reading, through listening to Kate's sermon again and again and again, because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Father, we thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that spirit of obedience that's come over us, Father. We thank you that performance will have no hand over us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to wait. I guess not very much longer. Talent's already coming. So I just feel like the Holy Spirit um, showing me that there's someone or even more than one person in the room that is constantly struggling with anxiety, uh, you know, anxious thoughts about I'm not prepared enough to where I need to be at this point in time in my life. Uh, I haven't done everything up till now to be where I know that God, I could have been or the, uh, what God had planned for me. But he just wants to tell you that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you know, what you don't know. It doesn't matter what was in the past. The past is gone. He already forgave you for the past and it's removed. The negative things from your past are all gone. Okay, so you got to let that go. That's all he's waiting on is for you to let that go. And part of letting that go is when you lift your hands up to him and praise him. 
And when you praise God, it doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual walk with him. When we praise God, then he rescues us. He saves us. He, he holds us. That's our surrender to him saying, dad, you know, father, here I am. As I am, I give you all of me. And so every time when you come in here, it doesn't matter what you know, what you don't know, who, what the other person, how the other person is doing spiritually and how you are. Just lift your hands up to God. That's all that matters. Praising him. He will save you. If, if you are struggling with sin and you're addicted to, to something and you still haven't uh, finally got rid of that, it doesn't matter. Praise God. If you, maybe you have already you know, knock that sin out of your life, but you're struggling to die to your fleshly temptations throughout the week or whatever, or just, uh, you're just struggling. Praise God. It doesn't matter. Give it to him. And that's, that's the word that he had. You don't, you don't have to perform. You're already accepted in the beloved. He loves you and he has accepted you. So just praise God. He reminded me of a story back. I used to hold on to my regrets for a long time. If I was doing something wrong and then ask for forgiveness and get over it for a little while, then go do it again. And you know, the drill, right? <laughs> I'm sure you guys have been there and done that, but I would hold on to my regret for a while. And I remember one day the Lord's like, would you stop? When I ask you to repent, that means you turn around, you leave it there. You don't ever revisit it again. Like you leave it behind. That's right. Nail it to the cross. So remember, that's what Talon was saying. Like, Whatever that, that struggle is, turn around, leave it behind. You can't change it. You can't change what you did wrong. <laughs> if you need to go make right with somebody, then go make right with them, of course. But leave it behind. Don't carry that around. Nonsense. Did you have something, Mason? Are you just standing back there? Now, don't do what you want to do, only what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Okay, come on, man. This is like my little brother in the face, so don't worry about him. I can be straight with him. <laughs> well, like I was saying, I just feel God's presence here. It's like a, like a fire within me right now. I don't know if he has anything that he wants me to say at the moment. feel that I feel that I'm up here to show kind of what Talon was saying already I'm not necessarily the greatest at praising but I do do that and I can attest to its power also feel that I need to say it's okay to be real with God he already knows you he knows you better than you know you he knows you better than anyone else in this room could ever know you and I can safely say that ever since I started being real with God saying hey I have a problem with this or hey this is a great thing or I love this I dislike this 
Where does it say that? Getting real. Being real with yourself when you're talking with him, when you're praying with him. It changes things. I have never been in a place of more joy, of more contentment, dare I say, in my entire life. God has blessed me with wonderful things. I can go on a rant about it, but I don't think that's necessary at the moment. God is here with us. He loves you. All of you can safely say to yourself every time you look in the mirror, I'm God's favorite. Because you are. You're God's favorite kid. And it's okay to be real. Be honest. With him, with you. Anytime. Thanks, sir. Mason, that reminded me of a story of you. <laughs> Whatever. It was a few months ago. In case you don't know, Mason works for me, and so and we'll work here at the church. And one day he texts me, it was like 11 a.m., and he's like, Kate, I'm so sorry. For like the past two hours, I've just been laid out in the spirit in the lobby, and I couldn't get up. Because he was on the clock, you know, like I'm paying him for these hours. I'm like, well, that's okay, man. But if it keeps going on, I'm going to have to have a talk with the Holy Spirit. But that's just how sensitive Mason is to the Holy Spirit. I just, I love that. That's never happened to me. I'm like, God, nail me to the floor. That'd be all right. (laughs) Okay, so life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So I want you guys to say what I say, okay? Say, I rebuke fear. I rebuke sickness. I have authority like Jesus. I walk in authority. Thank you, Jesus. I have peace. I am healed. I am whole. Thank you, Lord. I love it. Well, Lord, we thank you for this time in your presence. We honor you and we recognize you as the one who moves through us. It's your power working in us. We thank you for this word today, God, and that we will always remember that obedience is not a performance. You're not looking for a performance. But obedience comes easy when we recognize who we are to you. So I ask that you continually reveal to us who we are to you. Don't let us wait till next Sunday to find out something else, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day, every day that we learn something about who we are to you. Stir in us, God. Get us up early. Wake these people up at 5 a.m. Whatever you need to do, Lord. We invite you to have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. In the Lord good.
man, it's so good to be delivering the word again. I'm just like stoked. <laughs> God is so good. It's always hard to transition out of something like that. Last thing I just want to say is that waiting on the Holy Spirit is required to hear from the Holy Spirit. We're always in a hurry. We always want to, let's see, are we past our hour mark? We're seven minutes past our hour marker. And you guys were probably feeling it. Like, we probably better get going. You just have to wait. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. All right, before we leave today, I want to give you guys a chance to give. Um, if you want to give and you're using, giving by cash or check, we have ushers that will bring you an offering envelope, so just raise your hand. Of course, you can always give online, and how you do that is you go to nolimits.fyi. There you'll find a giving button. You just tap that giving button. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.